This episode is brought to you by the highly anticipated book, Blessed and Bossed Up, Surrendering Your Business So God Can Have His Way, written by Tatum Tamia of the Top 100 iTunes podcast, Blessed and Bossed Up. Do you have a vision to be your own boss? And it seems that your prayers go unanswered. Inspiration, realism, and goal digging paired with scripture and prayer are the formula in the Blessed and Bossed Up. Using her own experience as a diving board, Tatum Tamiya plunges deep into her struggles with believing and trusting that God wanted her to be an entrepreneurial success. Using the word of God as a platform, she offers helpful guidance to boss up in any entrepreneurial venture. We all know that being your own boss takes more than a popular social media profile and a vision board. It takes strength, grit, and a well-formed relationship with God. As a Christian yearning for guidance in your life's mission, this book is for you. Blessed and Bossed Up will help you stop drowning in frustration and treading waters of uncertainty. Get the answers you have been seeking by getting this book, shedding self-doubt, and putting on the armor of God. Now, I have to tell y'all, this book is amazing, and I'm so proud of Tatum for completing her first book. I am an avid listener of the podcast, and I had a chance to actually read the book early, and I must say that Tatum gives practical tips, like using the steep system, and she uses her real lived experience to show you the things that she's done to grow in her relationship with God. Now, this is something that I really wanted to bring to the Fireflies audience because I see the numbers on the episodes where we talk about faith and mental health. I know that many of you want to grow in your relationship with God or that you're interested in growing your relationship with God. One of the things that I did in my journey is defining my own relationship with God and developing my relationship with God outside of the church. And I can say that this book will really help you with that. For those who are entrepreneurs or want to become entrepreneurs, it's really important that we make sure that we are aligned with God's vision for our lives. And I can say that this book is truly helping me as well as Tatum's journal. So To pre-order this book, I need you to follow the link in the show notes to develop your relationship with God, have a booming and amazing business, but also to grow in your mental health. Your spirituality and your faith in God can do amazing things for your mental health. There are studies that show time and time again that spirituality and faith can do great things for your mental health. So again, to pre-order this book, follow the link in the show notes. Let's start the show. Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast with me, Kia, where our mission is to bring light into darkness just like the fireflies. So welcome back, you guys, and I pray that you all had a fantastic weekend and that you also enjoyed last week's episode where we talked about my two-week break 
what I was doing during that time, as well as free and low-cost therapy options. Now, I wanted to correct something. Last week, I mentioned the, I said the EPA, which is actually the EAP, where you can get therapy support from your job if your job has this as a service. So I wanted to correct it. It is, again, it is the EAP, not the EPA. All right, y'all. So now that that's out the way, I am super excited about today's episode. But you know what? Before I jump ahead of myself, I have to welcome our new listeners because the podcast is growing and week after week, new people are finding us. So if you are new to the Fireflies community, I want to take this time to welcome you. And I really hope that you enjoy what you hear I am a suicide survivor. I have been using my personal experience with surviving suicide and working really hard in my recovery and using the podcast as a platform to give those the opportunity who live with a mental illness to live in their truth, whatever that is for them. And so I am so grateful that you found the podcast. I'm not sure how you found us, but I'm so grateful that you're here. If you love what you hear, please hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening in, whether it's Stitcher, whether it's SoundCloud, whether it's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, all those awesome places. Please subscribe so you know that when new episodes are available. So welcome and thanks again for listening. And so for this week's episode, I am so, so, so excited because we have a special guest. We have not had guests in a minute, but this week's guest is so dear to my heart, Tatum Tamia of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. So as you all heard in the beginning in the uh, ad, that Tatum is, let me just tell y'all about Tatum. So Tatum is not just an author. She is also a podcaster and a speaker. And her podcast is amazing because it merges faith and business. There wasn't a platform like that before Tatum. And so she is truly a trailblazer. In this episode, we are really going to get into the nitty gritty and we're going to discuss faith, developing a relationship with God. We're going to talk about mental health. And of course, you'll learn so many amazing things about Tatum, as well as, of course, if you're new listening to this podcast, you'll learn about me. So I remember mentioning to y'all last week that during my two-week break, I recorded this episode with Tatum. I am super excited and I don't want to hold you up too long. So we are going to get into this interview and I'll come back at the end. Well, welcome. Now you're on my side. (laughs) I know, I know. And I was confused because we use my computer. I was like, Wait, am I supposed to introduce this? <laughs> no, Tatum, this is not your podcast. Be quiet until you're asked the question. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to come because I was like, yo, I have to get Tatum on the podcast mm-hmm. because I'm definitely a you know OG supporter. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but I thought it was really important just to get you on the podcast to provide like a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that a lot of people who listen to the podcast as my podcast focuses on mental health, but the podcast that seem, the episodes that seem to do the best are when it introduces any topic surrounding faith. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I think this is perfect, Mm -hmm. especially because I thought how when I was on your podcast and you said, oh, you was like, wait, 
what was it that you said when I was like I was listening to the podcast and my relationship started um growing with God or mm-hmm. and you was like wait who podcast I was like <laughs> your podcast yeah. <laughs> I'm so unimpressed with myself so when people say stuff like that I'd be like what <laughs> but no so I you know it's I, especially on your podcast you often merge faith and business mm-hmm. and even though you don't talk about mental health specifically you do highlight a lot of things that pertain to mental health when you talk about you know people being broken and mm-hmm. actually like realizing what your blind spots are and actually working toward wholeness so I was like that's a perfect tie-in mm-hmm. so I really wanted to ask you before we even get into all the good stuff about what you're doing mm-hmm. But was mental health something that was talked about growing up for you? And how has your faith impacted your mental health? Absolutely not. I mean, when I was growing up in my house, it was always like what happens in this house stays in this house. So and however you deal with what's happening in this house is how you deal with it. Like that was it. And even growing up with um, where my family were believers, there was always this aspect of the Bible says to honor your parents. So whenever you mad at your parents, it doesn't matter or if your parents do something to hurt you or whatever. It doesn't matter because you have to honor them. And me being a kid, I'm like, well, as I'm going through these things, like, how do I do that? Like, how do I honor the people that's hurting me? And how do I get the stuff that's going on on the inside of me out if I can't talk about it mm-hmm. unless I'm talking about it in this house? So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a logical person. I've always been that way. So when things don't make sense, it drives me crazy. And so it I didn't start valuing mental health until I got older and started learning about it. So, like, in college, we started learning about it in, like, psychology classes and stuff like that. And then getting into entrepreneurship and meeting people like you or, or meeting people who are therapists and really understanding just how a lot of things, your mental health is going to be shaped one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be shaped regardless, but it's up to you to take control to make sure that it's shaping in the right way or your trauma doesn't develop into something that is more serious. And so it wasn't definitely wasn't talked about, but I was open to learning more about it as I got older because I didn't understand it at all. So what about the faith, your faith? And I know that your relationship with God has grown substantially like Mm -hmm. recently well over time Mm -hmm. since you started the podcast and rebranding so how would you say your faith has impacted your mental health whether good or bad well my faith is at this point now that it's it's the strongest it's ever been it's really my comfort zone like it's my place of peace and so it's extremely important for my mental health because if if I'm feel too disconnected from God and most of the time that happens when I'm not spending time with him I'm getting caught up and whatever it is I have going on and I'm not doing the things that I usually would do that's when I feel the most distance from God Mm -hmm. and that's when I feel the most anxious and I feel like I'm putting more pressure on myself than I need to so my faith really is my safe space and then growing a relationship with God, he w- began to show me the my broken areas that needed to be fixed. So he's telling me, like, oh, you need to deal with this relationship in your life. And understanding those certain things and, and allowing and getting to know God and allowing him to show me the broken areas that I had, that made me go then and take initiative for my mental health. So going to counseling and going to therapy and things of that nature to couple or to pair that with the things that I was working on faith-wise. And it's just helped grow me and mold me into a woman I'm really proud of. And I think that's important that you said that, because I often say that all the time, and even Patrice 
Douglas, she has a T-shirt that says you can pray and see a therapist at the same time. Yes. And that was something that actually deterred me because for people who may be watching mm-hmm. on IG Live that I'm a suicide survivor. Mm-hmm. And so when I first got my diagnosis, I often, I immediately went to the church first because I have mm-hmm. always been grounded in my faith. And I was like, what I just did in, in time of like trial or tribulation, you go to the people in your church family. And so I did that, and people who listen to the podcast often hear all the time that I said I was told to talk in tongues, or if I take medication, then it's not really going to work, or that means I have a lack of faith in God, not realizing how actual how how sick I was. Yeah. And I said that I got so bad to the point that when I was actually committed um, um, into the hospital, well, actually, no, let me take that back. It's not that I was committed. They gave me the choice. They told me. You can go and stay in the hospital, or the other option is we're going to uh, sign, like sign you and commit you. And I was like, and they said, if you agree to do this, it'll give you more control over the process. Mm-hmm. Now, I did not want to do it, but I knew I had to because at that time when I was evaluated by the psychiatrist after my attempt, and I don't remember everything, but I do remember them asking me, like, what day of the week it is and what year it is. I didn't know. Mm. Like, that's how gone I was. And I didn't realize how bad, like, clinical depression can actually get to the point where, like, I wasn't even really here. Yeah. So, but it's like, would that be your response to someone who have cancer or diabetes? Will you tell them, like, don't take that insulin? But the Bible says faith without works is dead. So right, they're wrong. <laughs> that's, that's, it's like exactly. It's like God could be saying, and I said this on the podcast before. God could be saying, "Go see that therapist," or if in some cases, if you do need medication, go see that psychiatrist. Right now, do I like taking medication? Absolutely not. But right. I know that during this time, since I'm in a transition, I could not. Um, I I wouldn't be able to sustain without it. Yeah. Um. And it it does help me because I realize that even though I've kind of been in the space right now where I've kind of slid back, I'm not to the point where I'm so low and I haven't had suicidal thoughts since I've been on the medication. So that's Mm -hmm. proof that it actually does work. Do I still read? Do I get up every morning and read my devotionals? Do I still write in your awesome prayer journal? (laughs) Every morning, like I still do things the same. And so for me, what I had to learn was I had to define a relationship with God for myself and not to allow someone in the church to tell me what that should look like. Yeah, and that that was something that I had to, or a realization I had to come to as well. I was putting too much power into the people, the pastors, the ministers, the whomever, but people are flawed. So they're going to get something wrong at Mm -hmm. some point. But it's up to me to have a relationship with God for myself, one, to be able to even tell if they're telling me something that's wrong. So if I have a relationship with God and I know him and and we spend time together, if a pastor or whomever was to tell me something that's wrong, my discernment is going to go, uh-uh, do-do-do, nope, nope, get out of there. Mm-hmm. Or if I walk into a church that's not the right environment for me to grow, my discernment, I've been in churches, is this church that's local to here, and I ain't going to say their name. But I went there, I left, I used to go there, I left because I felt like something wasn't right. So I went there because an artist, a gospel artist that I really liked was performing. Mm -hmm. So it had been a while, like at least 10 years since I've been there. So like, to me, it was like, okay, that was back then, like whatever, I'm about to go see such and such. Mm -hmm. So I went there and um, 
as I was sitting there, I was like, oh, my God. My heart started beating fast. My anxiety started getting I was like, I have to get out of here. So I literally left, and when I got in the car, I was fine. But just being in that environment, I was like, something's stealing right here. I thought that, you know, maybe they got it together over the years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't really care. I just wanted to go see the artist. Mm-hmm. But me being in that environment, my discernment meter was going off that I needed to get out of there or that just wasn't a, a good place. So that would only happen or I can only have that ability if I have my own relationship with God. And I'm mm-hmm. not relying on anybody else, a pastor, a preacher, a prophet, or whoever, to tell me the wrong thing. Because even in the Bible, they talk about false prophets. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be people that's telling you the wrong thing. But you have to have a, a relationship with God for yourself to be able to know that's right, no, that's not right. Or to be able to be like, mm. I don't know if I'm going to accept what you're trying to speak into my life right now. It sounds good and all, but I want to make sure that it's of God. Because if God ain't send it, I don't want it. So I'm going to go take this to my prayer time and be like, God, this person told me this. Like, is this true? Is this really for me? Yay, nay, cool. But just that relationship is so important. And I would even say it's more important than just trying to run straight to a human. Because a human, like I said, is always going to be flawed. It, it One thing that... I wanted to ask you, and I, I'm hoping I didn't forget it. No, I didn't. <laughs> so when you said my anxiety was getting really bad, do you think that it was one or the other or the combination of two? This is where I'm about to go with this because I'm putting on my mental health hat. Uh-oh. So do you think that it was something that was unresolved, that was deeper beneath the surface that you mm-hmm. never dealt with, and you were, you were, happened to be in this environment and you were triggered? Yeah. Or was it okay? It's you know, it's my discernment told me like I need to get up out of here. Do you think it was both? It could have been. I mean, I don't know. All I knew is I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna stand there to try to figure out which one it was. I just knew it was time for me to get up out of you there. Was like okay, and I needed to go. But I'm never gonna go as far as telling anybody else don't go to this place or anything like that's not my that's not my job. But I just knew it was, I needed to go, so I got up out of there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you know, it's important for people to define their relationship with God for themselves. And mm-hmm. I love how what you do on the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is really merging the two. And even though my podcast is not necessarily Christian-based, even though I am a Christian, mm-hmm. I encourage people, whatever their faith is, mm-hmm. I believe just whatever their faith is to practice mm-hmm. that I'm not going to really kind of push my faith on anybody. But for me, I had to define what it was for myself because mm-hmm. I kept getting to the point where I was like, well, if I say I have this, they're telling me my disorder, my disorders are major depressive and generalized anxiety disorders. So if I say I have this, that means I'm giving it to myself because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And then mm-hmm. I was like, wait, no, Takia, that's a fact. It's not you trying to give yourself something, mm-hmm. but Cause it's like, would you say to a cancer patient, don't say you got cancer and mm-hmm. not and don't go to chemo. Yeah. Well, I would think that when it comes to speaking certain things, I, I wouldn't say to go as far as saying I don't have these things, but just repeating what's already in the word. I'm healed. Mm-hmm. While you still go to therapy, while you still take your medication, while you still go through the works, mm-hmm. but just speaking, I am healed. Mm-hmm. I am healed by his stripes. I'm healed. Just speaking what the word says. And that's it. And then mm-hmm. com- and continuing to pray uh, to God that these things happen in your life, but continuing to do the, the work that you need to do to, to, to manage the disorder until what you said becomes, 
oh my gosh, I don't even have to take this medication mm-hmm. anymore. Oh my goodness, I'm I'm I don't even have these these disorders anymore. Like, what happened? But you were just speaking. I'm healed. So, a lot of people, I think, especially more traditional church folk, really manipulate the word to try to make people like you like don't don't go take your medication or don't go do don't go and do these things they manipulate it but for us as believers we have to really just take the word for what it is seek god for ourselves and speak the things we want to see while still doing the things we have to do to manage them as they are right and i think of what i used to say when i got to the point where now like those things don't bother me anymore mm-hmm. but now i've got to the point where i say like we hear supernatural i'm like God's going to put his super on my natural. Like, mm-hmm. my natural is you better go to therapy once a week and take your medication when you're supposed to take it. Mm-hmm. But I'm still doing the things that I need to do in the spiritual realm. But I thought it was just really important to have that conversation. But mm-hmm. now I'm like, I got to talk about this awesome book that you have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But congratulations. How do you feel? <sighs> That's just a question that people always Because <laughs> it's your first book. So, like... But I'm such an overachiever, it's to my detriment, that I'm excited, but I'm not going to feel any type of way until somebody reads it and be like, no, Tatum, this this book did this for me. Like, it's not enough to me to just finish the book, or it's not enough for me to just put this out and make money. I didn't write this book for that. Like, And I didn't write this book. God wrote this book. So when somebody picks it up and is able to tell me, like, God spoke to me in this way or um, I, I did this as a result, that's when I'll probably feel good about it. But right now, eh-eh. Well, I'm going to still <laughs> say congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I know from obviously listening to the podcast that you're working on still, like, smelling the roses. Yeah, I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's really – that's an, an, important because I think sometimes we just get so like our personalities we get focused on certain things that actually may pull us away from being mindful and in the mm-hmm. moment and that's something that I'm currently working on with being in the partial hospitalization program is actually being mindful and mm-hmm. not sitting in these all day sessions and sitting here thinking about oh yeah Tatum about to come over because we got to do that podcast that I finished them talking points like you know mm-hmm. all those things and because I'm always living ahead it's hard mm-hmm. for me to actually be present in the moment yeah and I feel like for a lot of us that's sometimes where like a lot of anxiety come because we're so worried about what the next thing is but mm-hmm. I think for you well you said maybe it could be because you like you just want it to be not just necessarily good but you want to make sure that people are actually impacted yeah. by the book that's I, how I feel with everything that I do like whether it's the podcast one of my favorite things is to hear people say, this was my favorite podcast episode, especially when they say it every week. Like, <laughs> it, it makes me so happy because I, when it comes to the podcast, it's not just something that I do for the sake of doing it. Right. Like, I want anything that I put out to the world for people to have an experience with. And if somebody's not having an experience, if you're not, I'm not trying to entertain you. I'm trying right. to, to give you something that you can take and apply to your life and see a difference. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. So when it comes to anything that I do, it's incomplete until somebody is impacted positively by it. Yeah, it's, well, you just said a lot. (laughs) Because a lot of times people feel like they're doing something just to do it. Or when you think in terms Mm -hmm. of, like, entrepreneurs, people seeing all the, like, when you scroll on your social media, you be like, oh, well, I got to post this amount of times a day or 
I have to do, I have to follow this formula, as yeah. you say. Mm-hmm. And so I think, actually, before I even jump ahead of myself, I'm like, let me make sure I'm following my talking points. Yeah, but yeah. one of the things I wanted to ask, um, why did you feel the need to merge faith and business? Uh, and why do you think that they can't be separate? I mean, I know the answer, but. Yeah, so. I, that wasn't my decision <laughs> to do that. <laughs> when I began to grow in my relationship with God, that was a personal thing for me. It was something where I was tired of being inconsistent with my walk with God. There would be times where I would go to church consistently every week, and there would be times when I didn't go to church for a few months. And I was I just really wanted to get closer to God because I felt like that was missing from my life. And so in doing that, I was an entrepreneur and and pursuing my business goals. They were very much so separate for me, for me. And so, um, but then as I began to just get closer to God and and ask him, what does he want from me? This was one of the things that came up. And so it it wasn't until recently, well, in the beginning, I would just pretty much do whatever God tells me to do. And that's still my mood to this day. Whatever God tells me to do, I'm doing it. Whatever he tells me not to do, I'm not doing it. And I don't care what that looks like to anybody else. Because to your point, you were saying, talking about, like, social media and things like that, I struggle with a lot. Like, what is, God, what does this look like? Like, you want me to merge faith and business? The experts say I should be doing this or whatever. Like, what does that look like? And I didn't realize that not only did God want to give me the vision and give me the things to to do, he wanted to give me the strategy as well. And so, um, and he didn't just want to give me the strategies as it relates to my life. And so I talk about this in a book. A lot of times people want to compartmentalize God as if he only wants to bless us in our relationship or find us that husband or, or save our kids. Like he, he wants to be a part of everything, including that business idea he gave you. Like he put that in you for a reason. He wants to help you see that through. But we try to exclude him out of the process and do it ourselves, And then it, it either fails or it's not up to the caliber that he planned for us so for me I was just in a a spot where I was surrendered like you know God whatever you want me to do I'm going to just flat out do it and so when it came to this book this podcast and just building this brand that merged the two I had to really ask God like I need perspective (laughs) because I'm gonna do whatever you tell me to do but I, I need perspective on why am I doing this and so um recently I asked that question again and God began to show me Um, It's a story in the Bible about Elizabeth and Mary. So Elizabeth was old, and she couldn't have kids. And so um, she was married to Zachariah. Y'all bear with me when it comes to Bible stories. I try my best to explain it right, but I I be messing them up sometimes. But she was married to Zachariah. So an angel told Zachariah that Elizabeth was going to have a baby. He, uh, He didn't believe it or whatever, but Elizabeth ended up getting pregnant with John the Baptist. And Mary, as we know, Mary was Jesus' mother. Mm -hmm. Um, Mary and Elizabeth were cousins. So uh, the same angel that came to uh, Zachariah to tell him that his wife was going to get pregnant and to name the baby John had went to Mary and told Mary that she was going to be the one who who birthed Jesus. And after Mary pretty much was like, okay, (laughs) all right, you know, I guess that's what it is. Uh, the angel told Mary to go see her cousin Elizabeth because she was pregnant with a baby named John. So when she went to see to see her, um, Elizabeth said as soon as Mary spoke to her, her baby leaked. Like she, 
it was something about her words and and she described her as just this this woman of god who caused her baby to leave so when when god was showing me this he was telling me that you have to merge the two and you have to speak and say what i tell you to say because you're going to cause people's babies to leave and not just with not just not physical babies but visions businesses and things like that those things are going to begin to leap in people as a result of what i tell you to say and what i tell you to do and remember the who she was pregnant with was john the baptist she wasn't pregnant with just like no regular little Mm -hmm. such somebody she was pregnant with a with a powerful being so not only god was showing me like not only am i going to cause people babies to leap but it's people who are pregnant with some pretty powerful and amazing things that they're not giving birth to or that aren't being reached to their full potential and so i'm going to use you to speak something in them that causes that baby to leap and so when he began to show me that it was like wow this is way bigger than me you know what i mean it would be selfish of me to not do what God tells me to do. Like, what would that mean for somebody who's supposed to birth John the Baptist? And to me, the thought of somebody else not becoming who God called them to be, if I was disobedient, is enough to make me do whatever God tells me to do. It's not about me. It's about whatever they're supposed to birth. So even thinking about you, like, you're talking about how, um, listening to my podcast calls you to grow with your relationship with God. Like, look at the things that you're doing for people in the mental health field. Like, imagine if you would have stayed in that place where you weren't praying anymore, or if I didn't say something that, that sparked something in you to go to start praying again. What would that mean for the, the other people who were diagnosed with mental illnesses? What would that mean for the people who rely on your podcast to help improve their life or to help them deal with their mental illness. So hearing your story, hearing the people's stories who send me emails and stuff like that, like those things is why the business and faith have to be merged because it's, it's way bigger than us, you know? Yeah. And I think that, wow, you just said a lot. Sorry. Tatum, I can go off on my rant. <laughs> you know, I was like, Tatum be preaching. I don't know. <laughs> but you said a lot because sometimes then people will limit. It's like by not growing in our relationship with God and not having our faith strong, it can limit God. Yeah. And we won't, he won't be able to do all the things that he's able to do for us if we're actually closed off. Right. Or if we're hurt or as like, I I like to say church hurt. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time before I stepped foot back in the church because I couldn't like, I remember even being at a service and uh, a minister said something like, what did he say? He said, yeah, you know, worrying is a sin. And if you worry, that means you don't trust God. And oh I was like, God. and I was like, and, oh and, I, and I said, well, I was like, that's, that's subjective. But what if you have someone like me who has an actual disorder and I have to take medication for it and go to therapy to help me work through that? And I was like, it was so hard for me to even hear the rest of what he said because after that, I just immediately shut down. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I think it's important that we, even like what, you know, me talking at different, I've talked at different churches and I've shared my story. And I believe at least the people in my circle, their heart was definitely in the right place. It just, they were ignorant. They didn't have the knowledge. Yeah. And they were trying to say things to be helpful, but they actually weren't helpful. Mm-hmm. And even in your book, you mentioned, you said life, well, actually it's a quote you mentioned and you said life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And this quote 
made me think about how so many people actually become crippled by fear. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you even talked about. And you wrote, for some reason, as soon as we, as most of us get close to that line, we panic and we're ready to run. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because there are so many people who become crippled by fear. Like, they they will not, they will stay in their comfort zone, and then they'll never grow and reach their full potential. Yeah. So has this ever been you? And if not, then what words of encouragement would you give to someone who may be crippled by fear or just really not staying in that, who are staying in that comfort zone? Well, I've never been crippled by fear, but I've definitely felt fear. And I always say, like, just feel the fear and do it anyway. Because, again, I can't live with myself. You know how some people will be like, what if? And they think about all the negative things Mm -hmm. that could happen if they do whatever their business idea is or whatever. I always think about, like, what if I don't? Like, again, what does that mean for the person I'm supposed to help? Like, what if I don't? I can't live with myself if I don't pursue certain things. And I also... I'm an overachiever, like I said, and I like to get things done. So if I'm thinking about something for too long and it just keeps coming up, I'm like, why is this not done yet? I'm over it. It's time to get it done. So, yeah, I've been fearful, but it's been all about just doing the fear anyway. And so for for anybody who is crippled crippled by fear, I would say that. But then I would also say just think about those people that you're supposed to help. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? If you're not willing to do it for yourself, then think about that. Like, you know, people always talk about what's your why? What's your why? And I don't think that works because if your why was really that deep, you would be doing it. Mm -hmm. So, like, you have to really figure out what is it that's going to motivate me. And that really just comes with knowing yourself. There's really no one-size-fit-all type of thing. So knowing me and knowing that I don't like to – I don't want anybody else's life to be less than because I didn't do something. That's enough to motivate me. So I always, even if I'm feeling unmotivated or lazy, I remind myself of those certain things. I keep text messages. I keep emails and things that people send me so that I can constantly refer back to them. Because if if I'm not willing to to implement or act because I'm lazy, then I'm going to have to do it for you. I know I'm going to do it for her. You know what I mean? So it's just really figuring out yourself what motivates you and what's going to take you there. And also understand that some people really just don't do it. And are you cool with that? Because if fear can cripple you, yeah, and I'm, I'm telling you to act on it anyway, but some people really just don't do it. And are you willing to live with that? Like, can you live knowing that you had this great business idea or can whoever thought of Lyft before Lyft, can they deal with the fact that somebody else has done it? That's my biggest fear. Like if I had an invention or something, like if I would have invented the light switch and been scared and somebody else would have did it, I would have been sick. So just like the thought <laughs> of something like that, like somebody else getting my business idea or whatever motiva- motivates me as well. So again, it's just really about figuring out what, works for you what's what mind tricks can you play on yourself to get you there and do it and can you live with if you don't I think about there was a young lady who wrote uh, sent the email to me and she was saying that for her birthday she actually went to her first um for her birthday she went to her first therapy appointment it was because of something I said and I literally was like oh my gosh and that's when I started thinking about like when people say it's not about you, it's really not about you. It's really like not. it's it's like it's really not. And I think that's why one of the reasons why I pride myself on being very transparent about my mental health journey, especially because it's not popular. People are not on 
Instagram talking about their experiences when they were had to go into the psychiatric unit. Yeah. It's all out there. Like, it's a part of my story. It's not necessarily who I am. And mm-hmm. I've grown from it. Mm-hmm. And at first, I couldn't understand. Like, I used to ask, like, tell ask one of my friends. I'm like, I just don't understand, you know, kind of like, what was me? Why mm-hmm. is this happening to me? Why did I get this diagnosis? And, you know, I've been struggling with these suicidal thoughts since I was 12 or 13. I'm like, what is going on? And so my friend literally said, like, you don't understand this, but what you're going through is going to help somebody else. And I was just like, oh, boy, here we you go again. You don't really want to hear that in you the don't middle wanna, of it. Yeah, yeah you don't want to <laughs> hear it at that time. But when I thought about it, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it it really does make sense because if I'm like, if I can help someone get someone in that first initial appointment to go see yeah. their therapist or to go see that psychiatrist or really the purpose is to really help people to start to live in their truth. Mm-hmm. And I liked, and there are two people who say that there's um, Patrice Washington of the Redefining Wealth podcast and um, Hey Friend, hey, hey, of the Friend Zone. She always, they always both talk about like, this didn't happen to me, but it happened for me. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I often think about. And sometimes it's like, well, I can't sit there because if I sit here and not do it, then it's like, well, you start thinking about, like you said, what about the other people? Mm-hmm. And even there was, I think, so many people even sometimes just really struggle with, like, finding their purpose. And this is something that you talk about in your book as well, too. Accepting it or just even walking in it. And then mm-hmm. there was the stat that you said 92% of people who do not um, – percent of 92 percent of people do not reach their goals or potential and it made me think about like literally when i read that i was like oh my gosh what about all the people who die unfulfilled and unhappy like that's a lot of people and i was like i don't want that to be me like i don't want to die and be unhappy and unfulfilled Mm -hmm. and i'm like honestly that's pretty scary and i work hard to ensure that like that's not me and I think one of the ways and something that you talk about all the time and even in Toy Roberts book wholeness is like addressing any areas of brokenness. Yeah. Um, and like you even been very transparent about like therapy and mm-hmm. continue and you know, that's something that I do and continue to build my relationship with God, even though I don't know exactly how things are going to work out per se. Yeah. Cause I don't always know the end result, mm-hmm. but I know this is a vision or something that God has given me and I just need to trust and do it. I think that's what, that's what paralyzes a lot of people. When we talk about fear is you get this idea from God and you want to implement it, but you're afraid and you try to figure it out. Like you try to rationalize him to figure out like, why do I have to do this? What's the big picture? And it's not for us always to understand right then and there. Like sometimes he will give us bits and pieces of it for us to just be obedient in what he said, but it's all rooted back in trust. And a lot of people struggle with their faith and struggle with implementing the certain things that, that or businesses that God has put on the inside of them because they don't fully trust him all the way. And for me, that's where I was. It was like, I wanted to, I have a, I always say it's like taming my inner hustler. Like I will be on the block before the sun come up and on the block after everybody gone. Like, look, I watch a lot of uh, drug shows. So apparently (laughs) most of my references be drug references. (laughs) I watch a lot of crime shows, but anyway, so um, I had just like an outwork everybody mentality. And so that didn't go well with faith because that was me trying to implement things in my own strength and me looking at it as, you know, I will use the scripture of faith without works is dead. 
but I was taking it too far because I was I was working with no faith. So, and, and I was showing that through my actions because I was doing too much. But then as I just grew in my relationship with God, I realized that I just needed to trust. And trusting God meant to don't move until he tells me to move. Mm-hmm. It meant if I get a business idea, asking him, when am I supposed to implement this? As opposed to just rushing and trying to do it. It means if I get an opportunity, even if it got a lot of zeros attached to it, they got to wait until I pray about this and make sure that this is the right thing for me. Because the devil will send you some great opportunities, too. That's going to totally jack your life up. But you was too busy focusing on the hype or the success or the dollar amount that you didn't take the time to do your due diligence. So for me, just really, I had to rework how I did things. And that allowed me to build my trust in God. And I had to tell myself, you're not lazy because you are trusting God. It's a privilege. Like when you, I talk about making God your CEO. When you do that, you have a privilege. You can chill because somebody is going before you and making crooked paths straight. Because somebody is, because uh, all things work together for your good. You can rest in these things. It, it's a privilege. It's a peace that you have when you're really surrendering all to God and allowing Him to be the CEO of your business. And so. For me, I had to really accept that and internalize it and practice it, and that in turn just built up my faith as I just saw the way God was just really blessing me because of it. I, <laughs> I just be like, I can't take it. But, no, it, you made me think about um, resting in God's promises, mm-hmm. resting and knowing that everything will work out. That made me think about the time where I well, I was in a car accident. And so during this car accident, I found out that my car was totaled. And at first, I was, like, freaking out because I'm like, what, like, my car's totaled? I'm almost done paying my car off, and now I got to start over? Mm. And so I was like, wait, hold up. Like, this is, this like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get to my doctor's appointment? Today? How am I going to go do, like, literally, all this stuff just started going through my head. And I, and I heard God say, just rest. Mm-hmm. And the scripture came to me, be still and know that I am God. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, all right, God. And then I, you know, and then I turned on the podcast, um, <laughs> uh, Jesus and Joloff, and the episode <laughs> they were talking about, like, just go to sleep. You heard the episode? No. Oh, so they're like, just go to sleep and just rest and trust God. I'm like, all right, God. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I was reading a scripture I think I was reading the story about, um, you know, Peter walking out on water. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, Peter had enough faith to actually be like, you know what? If God, if this is really you, then I need to walk on water, too. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, yes, keep your eye on keep your eye on God. But the minute he took his eyes off, Mm -hmm. that's when he started drowning. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, God, so here's the (laughs) devotion. Here's this. Okay. And so and so then. One, so then my friends started asking me, like, well, what are you going to do with the car? You know, how are you going to ask me all these questions? And I said, I don't know. I said, but I, I said, I'm not stressing over it. I said, mm-hmm. it's going to work out. And then she started asking me, like, well, how are you going to do this? And did you figure out, you know, the depositing? Like, just all of the questions that I, like, already started to, like, kind of work myself up to think about. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't know, but I know what the word says, and I know that God is going to work it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know when, and I don't know how, but mm-hmm. I just know that it is. Mm-hmm. And it was like just this certain level of just peace that came over me, and I wasn't worried about it no more. 
That's good. And the enemy will, once you get in that space where you like, I'm trusting God, the enemy will send you people to cause you to get riled up, remind you of the questions that you have that you're trying to forget. And sometimes you got to tell people, don't ask me nothing else, okay? Like, that's, <laughs> I have no problem being direct. Like, <laughs> I think people forget that about me. But I'll quick to say, don't ask me nothing else about this. Like, period. I know when God began to show me things about this year, it seemed like every opportunity for me to speak against what he said came up. And it was just like over and over again, people kept asking me questions that my natural answer would be something else. But if I was to say what I was thinking, it would be against what God told me was for me. And so I had to tell people, don't ask me that no more. Like, period. I don't got to explain to you why. Don't ask me that no more. Like, that's it. Because I don't, I'm practicing this trust thing, and you triggering the, the opposite. <laughs> I don't need this, okay? I don't need it. But some of us have to do that. Like, we have to really put, I call it putting controls in place. Because just because we trying to trust God don't mean everybody else do. And the enemy will use the people closest to you to throw you off of the path that you are, you are on. So you got to really put those controls in place to let people know, hey, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Or it's, I, it's people I just won't even tell stuff to. Mm-hmm. They might hear it later on a podcast like, I didn't even know you went through that. I didn't know you did this. I know you didn't because <laughs> I didn't want to hear what you had to say. Like, Because I'm trying to focus on trusting God, and you was going to make me anxious. So right. you had to get left in the dark, okay? And, right, and I thought that that was a, a huge moment for me because mm-hmm. the fact that I struggled with an anxiety disorder, and I was at peace, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is it. And, and even the scripture talks about writing a vision. And making mm-hmm. it clear. And mm-hmm. I was like, why well, I think it's so important for us to write down our goals and write down the vision that we believe God is giving us. Mm-hmm. And I know from personal experience just how powerful it is to write something down. Mm-hmm. Like, And I feel like a lot of times people underestimate the power of actually writing things down because we just like, oh, I, I know it's in my head. But to, for me, like, so one of my dreams was actually September of last year. So I remember just writing things down on, in my journal, and I was like, okay. So one of my goals was, I was like, okay, I'm, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I was like, one of my goals is to meet Issa Rae. Mm-hmm. So, well, it actually said, and to work with her. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so that was September of last year. And so I remember, like, writing this article and basically talking about how in my darkest days, you know, just kind of seeing Issa Rae, how she had started from her YouTube channel to mm-hmm. Insecure, and really creating her own space mm-hmm. and how that inspired me to want to do the same and saying, like, I don't have to take this traditional way. And mm-hmm. so I was like, yeah, that's my goal. I really want to meet her. And so I wrote this article. And in the article, um, Issa Rae actually saw the article and she, like, shared it on social media. And wow. we, like, we're, we were, like, talking back and forth. Oh, so about y'all friends the, now. Um, <laughs> I can't say we're friends. I wouldn't say we're friends. I mean, I don't got y'all a number. We don't, I don't got her number, so we're not friends. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I was like, wow, this is great. It just gave me so much motivation. Yeah. And so, like, less, what, three or four months later, um, I was hired to work at the NAACP Image Awards. And so I was on the lookout because I was like, I know she's going to be here. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, telling my god sister, like, like keep on the on the walkie. I'm like, keep your eyes on Issa Rae. Let me know if she's coming or whatever. And so, immediately, so I think um, they told me they was like, oh, she's here. So I went to go and meet her, and um, this was like in the front, and I was just like, yeah, I'm Takia. We were talking online, and I, on I think it was Twitter, and I was like, yeah, you know how you really inspired me. And then it literally like 
it like blew my mind because I was thinking like I literally wrote this down less than four months ago and this was something for me that because I was at the time not really in like my dark days but I had moments of feeling discouraged and Mm -hmm. I just found like a lot of inspiration from her and so that was something that was like kind of may not have been as big as what I'm about to get to with you Um, (laughs) but and I haven't like worked with her yet but I am hopeful Mm -hmm. Um, and I think another another goal that I wrote was that I was like okay I want to be featured in Madame Noir um, when I start to do build the brand around mental health Mm -hmm. and my and I was shared twice I think I mean featured twice one was talking about me being a two-time suicide survivor and my journey Mm -hmm. and my whole mental health journey and what led me to start the podcast and then the other one was like a list of like the top 15 mental health podcasts or black mental health mm-hmm. podcasts you need to listen to. And I was like, wow. And I was like, there's so much power in writing down. And that's why one of the things that stood out to me is like when you wrote down your three goals yeah, and like <laughs> all of them literally happened. So I want mm-hmm. you, I'm not going to even talk about it, but I want you to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Well, I started keeping a prayer journal I think it was like October of 2016, I want to say. And so that was when I was really trying to grow my relationship with God. And I really didn't know where to start, if I'm being honest. So that's why I kept the journal, because I'm like, well, at the very least, I just want to be able to look back and reflect on how far I've come. So it's like, all right, let's start this journal and see what's up. And then me, my mind moves 100 miles a minute. So being able to really write things down helps as well. So a journal just seemed perfect for me. And so I started this journal and I wrote down just my three prayer requests. And one of the things for me is once I write something in my journal, it's submitted to God. Once the once it's written down and it's closed, I figure out the work part to add to the faith, but I'm not worrying about worrying about it no more. Once that journal closed, once that pen hit the paper, it's done. It's submitted to God. It's not my problem no more. But at that time, I wrote down three things. I wrote down I wanted to a husband. I wanted, uh, what did I say? I said I wanted to be a full-time entrepreneur, and I wanted financial freedom. Now, at that time, financial freedom just meant I was tired of living paycheck to paycheck because every time I got paid, it paid my bills, and it went into my business. And then my parents own a commercial cleaning company, so I was cleaning buildings to get extra money to put back into my business and to fund the other things I was trying to do. So I was just tired of worrying about money. Mm-hmm. And so that was the financial freedom part. Then I wanted to be a full-time entrepreneur. I wanted the freedom of my time back. I tired of going to work, working overtime and sitting in meetings, sitting in this cubicle. It was like I was just over it. Tired of traffic for sure. <laughs> but um, too bougie to get on the metro. I was just like, <laughs> I'm done. But, yeah, so I, I was tired of the 9 to 5 life. I knew that God just called me to be more. And so – And then the first thing was a husband. I was dating. I was annoyed with the empty dating games. I was tired of asking people what's their favorite color. Like, (laughs) I was just done. I was done. So I was like, you know, God, I want something real. I want, you know, the person that you have for me cannot be the next person because I'm, I'm just tired. And so, yeah, I wrote those things down. But then I also did do certain things so when it came to the full-time entrepreneurship piece I hired a business coach who specialized in helping people transition from um, employee to full-time entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and so um, I worked with her to figure out what I needed to do to prepare for that what my business needed to look like we looked at the time I, I had my youth program the Queen Academy as my main vehicle And I talk about this in a book as well. One of my favorite books is by T.D. Jakes, and it's called Soar. And in that book, he says that the vehicle 
isn't the dream. So the business isn't the dream. It's just a vehicle that gets you there. The dream is whatever the actual goal is. So for Mm -hmm. me in this situation, the dream was to be a full-time entrepreneur. The vehicle was the youth program. So in the book, he goes on to say that the vehicle that you're on or the business you're in right now, it may not be the thing that takes you to the dream, but it'll take you to the, the vehicle that does. And so that's what the Queen Academy was for me. As I began to look into the details, I loved working with the youth. I hated the business part of it. Mm. I was t- I was annoyed with the school systems and the cert- how parents would be sometimes. I didn't like it. And so I was like, this can't, this can't be it. I can't just enjoy doing the work and not the business like I'm mm-hmm. entrepreneur. So, um, so then I decided to use my marketing expertise. That's what my degrees in, my, my career was always in prior to leaving work. And so I used that to work with entrepreneurs and help them build multiple businesses. But remember, during this time, I'm growing my relationship with God. So I'm getting little nuggets of what is really supposed to be the thing, but I'm just doing what I needed to do at that time. And so, um, and then the last thing was financial freedom. So I'm figuring out, like, what does it mean to be financially free? Like, what do I have to do to stop working paycheck to paycheck? I'm looking at my budget. Like, what do I need to cut back from? I stopped getting my nails done for a while. I stopped doing a lot of things that were just unnecessary spending. And so, um, so yeah, I just started doing the work, and I submitted it to God. And then by the end of that prayer journal, which I think was a year later, all of those things have been answered. I left my job on May 3rd of 2017. I got engaged in December of that year. I'm getting married in January coming up. And um, I can get my nails done now. They're not done right now, but I can. <laughs> so just writing those things and submitting them to God and then just doing whatever was in my power to to do the work, to couple with that, it just it just worked for me. So now I just take that same strategy and I apply it to everything so my prayer journals are like my life everything that I'm believing in God for every goal I have is written down and once it's closed it's submitted to God and I can't wait to the end of this year to be able to go back and be like wow God you did it again yeah it wow it's so true so I have there were some things that I wrote down in my prayer journal um, and one of them being was that I was really trying to figure out a way to which I figure some of this out in therapy too but I was like okay how do I merge my background in entertainment and communications with mental health because Mm -hmm. I still enjoy doing those things but like and then that's when like God realized like entertainment and the things that you've done with working on black girls rock or the soul training boards Mm -hmm. those are you were I was grooming you and using your media skills and the connections that you have Mm -hmm. to be able to position you to be able to reach back into that network so people can know what you're doing. And so one of my connections that I have, she's a a Emmy award winning producer Mm -hmm. and she has a documentary that's coming out on mental health. (laughs) And so it was just things like that. And I was like, okay, God, I I see what you're doing because Mm -hmm. I write a lot. And Mm -hmm. so one of the things, um, one of my goals that I, uh, want to do is actually have a there uh, a series that surrounds mental health mm-hmm. and so I was like okay God I see what you're doing there is this is not completely gone it's just that um you're redirecting me yeah and so when I was you know writing these things down I was like okay so 
how what are the best ways to do that and so immediately like my pen just starts flowing and these are the things that i believe god are revealing to me mm-hmm. and i'm when i go back to look i'm like wow they're like there are some things that i'm actually starting to check off yeah and i think what you talking about when you said I, i'm gonna since you because you was like well that's how you know if you're the ceo or versus mm-hmm. is god so before is, you get there is one thing i do want to add about that and it kind of piggybacks piggybacks on what we said before about fear is we as just young people in this era of like social media and all of that we have to stop looking at pivots as failures Mm. and and people are so afraid to pivot they stay within something that's not working or they stay within something that isn't the vehicle that's going to get you to the dream but you too afraid to turn around or to trade it in for something else that you never get to where it is that that God wants to take you so for everybody that's listening that's something I really want you to to really take home that pivoting is not failure for as long as you're on the on the journey you're still succeeding you're still making your way there it's nothing wrong with with changing past and something that um I read an article recently and it was saying like the reasons why businesses fail now is not because of lack of cash flow or or lack of resources and things as it was before but it's because there's no market for it and that's a huge thing it and a lot of people we start businesses for whatever reasons like it may just be something we're interested in or something we're excited about at the moment but it's not a market for it and when God is your CEO or when you're allowing him to give you the ideas and let you know what it is you're supposed to be doing, it's always going to be a market for that. So relying on our own ideas or our own capabilities is never going to work, even statistically. But again, the biggest point that I wanted to make there is pivoting is not failure. Yeah, it's that's a really good point because I remember I my with my background being communications and PR media, I... So originally, it was it 2015, I think it was. So I had a small PR agency, and that's what that's why I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Started building a website. Mm-hmm. My friend was my business partner. We were working hard on it. And shortly after, I got my diagnosis, and I wasn't able to do anything. Like, I was completely paralyzed, eventually in the hospital. And then after a while, I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And so I started to like, I was like, dang, I kind of feel like a failure at some point. But then I was like, wow, God works in amazing ways because of the things that I had been working on and the experience that I had. So, for instance, um, in July, I was working on Save My ba- Save Our Babies mm-hmm. and really having this conversation to talk about why people need to um, to teach parents, like, how do they identify the signs with suicide and how do they um, basically talk about what, like even have the mental health conversation mm-hmm. and so what 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 did I tap into all of my PR skills I wrote mm-hmm. a press release for what I was working on mm-hmm. I got media coverage for mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and it's like it's really not in vain and sometimes we think that oh I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna do that anymore yeah. but it's like I like God really leaves nothing behind and that's yeah. something that somebody told me and I was like oh my gosh that's mm-hmm. so true like he leaves no scraps behind. Mm-hmm. Everything that I was doing before, I'm still doing it now. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, yeah, it's really important that you said that. But going back to what you said about um, you being the CEO of your business versus God being the CEO of your business. So mm-hmm. without giving too much away, because y'all got to get the book, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. how do people know what the difference is? Like, is this just me operating in my own strength or does this mean that I'm actually allowing God to operate the business? 
Well, it's prerequisites to it. If you don't have a relationship with God, you're not going to be able to know. So the first step before even doing this is to build up a relationship with God so you're able to hear his voice. That's a lot of problems. uh, Well, that's a a big problem that a lot of people have is they don't know how to hear God's voice. So that's the prerequisite is to get to know him and grow your relationship with him so you can understand what y'all relationship is like because it's different from people to people. Like I have friends who God speaks to them in dreams and they got to wake up and write these dreams down because they were so vivid. My dreams be dumb. God don't speak to me in dreams. <laughs> he he just doesn't. He does not speak to me in dreams. Whatever I'm watching on TV before I fall asleep, like I'm dreaming I'm in the middle of Property Brothers. Like my dreams are so stupid. But he, that's not how he speaks to me. So I had to realize that though, because at first I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm not I'm not having dreams or my dreams are so stupid. Or I'm reading into dreams that have no value <laughs> because I'm like, how does God speak to me? So just a book that I always recommend is Joyce Meyer, How to Hear from God, because it's just a perfect resource for that. But so, the, like I said, the prerequisite is growing your relationship with him and getting to know his voice so that you know how y'all operate. Then, you know, if you're your C, you're the CEO or if God is, is one, your stress levels. There's a peace with God being a CEO because success is promised to you. So you have nothing to worry about. If you're stressing, it's because that you're trying to make it happen or you think that you need to do something to make it happen, which goes back to a lack of trust. But that stress level is showing you that he is not the CEO. Two, if you just make decisions in your business without consulting God, then that's another sign that you're the CEO and not him. Uh, For me, I don't do anything without praying. Like this year, I when I committed to making God the CEO, everything has to come from him. Like, but that means I have to spend time with him. I have to make sure that our relationship don't fall off so that I can be able to hear from him. So like recently I was um, really just, just praying and asking God because yeah, he's put me into this new space of merging business and faith. So I'm still trying to figure out how it works. So I'm asking him like, okay, God, what we doing for the rest of the year? And, um, I'm like, it's me and my whiteboard. I'm praying like God, uh, speak to me, guide my thoughts, this, that, and the other. And I put myself in the atmosphere to hear from him. My phone is on mute. Can't nobody reach me at that time. I put myself in a place of worship. Like I'm just open and ready to hear from him. And I got my whiteboard. I got my marker. I'm like, okay, God, what we doing? And then just things start coming to me. I'm writing down on the whiteboard. Okay, cool. All right, cool. We're going to do this. Oh, dang. I never even thought about that. Let me write that down. So now I have this whole blueprint on the board of what I'm going to be doing. Then I can apply my work ethic to that as opposed to trying to figure it out myself. So Mm -hmm. again, like, and then I have a piece about it to where I don't got to wake up every day. Like I got to go get it. I got to hustle. I got to secure the bag. No, I don't because God is going to secure it for me. And and God is going to make seats at tables for me that I didn't have to do anything to, to get. All I had to do was do what he tells me to Mm -hmm. do. So just that level of peace and, and, and not being stressed is the biggest factor to know if God is the CEO. And if you're not also just how you make decisions, like I said, if, if somebody asks me to do something, I don't just answer them right away, no matter how much it makes sense to me or no matter how much, how big the opportunity is, I have to pray about it first. If I don't hear from God, I might fast and pray about it first to make sure that this is right for me or it's not. 
And I just have that level of trust in God to know, like, I'll turn down whatever if need be, or I'll accept whatever is need be. Nothing is beneath me if God says to do it, and nothing is above me if God says to do it. So, again, it's just that level of peace and trust in him. And if you don't know how to hear from him or you find yourself stressed out in your business or if you find yourself feeling like you don't have clarity, lack of clarity is a big one because he will give us the clarity that we're looking for. Um, If you feel like you're not seeing the results that you want to see, that's a sign. So all of these things are just telling you that something is wrong and the answer is always to to go to God. Yeah, when you, it made me think about, so you you just make me think about a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> so tr- sitting here trying to when I think about when I originally thought about doing the podcast and just really figuring out or just okay, I'm going to build this brand around mental health. And literally, I kid you not, there were so many things that was coming to me and I was like this cannot be me. Mm-hmm. Like it's no way this could be mm-hmm. me because like the, it's like the ideas and the things are just flowing. I'm mm-hmm. like I don't it just seems like there was like things were just flowing with ease. Mm-hmm. Like there was no resistance. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times when there's some res- resistance for me I have to reevaluate why am I resisting this process. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started to realize, like, okay, and I started to actually see the vision. And I was like, okay, this is, I don't know how this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know when this is going to happen. But, okay, I'm going to write, I'm going to write, I'm going to write it down. I'm mm-hmm. going to make it plain, and I'm like, this is it. And so it has been a struggle for me in the sense that I have been definitely rebuilding from mm-hmm. the fact that I went from, like, I didn't want to listen to gospel music no more. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes, like, I'm praying for you, I would just look at my phone, kind of roll my eyes, like, <laughs> y'all, please leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, I never thought, and I remember texting my friend one time, and I was like, yeah, I don't even know if I, if I can say I'm a Christian anymore. And my friend was like, I, I, she was like, she didn't judge me, though. She was just like, I can respect it. I, you know, I understand where you're coming from because I was so hurt. Yeah. And so then I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to define my relationship with God for myself. Yeah. And once I started doing that, I realized God started placing certain people in my life mm-hmm. who actually talk about faith and mental health. And mm-hmm. so, like, a perfect example, Dr. Anita Phillips, she's a first lady, and she's also, um, she she did her entire dissertation around, like, the Bible talking about faith. And I was like, and she, she actually invited me to speak at her conference. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, this is her whole session that she did was on faith and mental health and how the Bible talks about it and how she compared things that they said um, mm-hmm. scientifically and how it was already in the Bible before they even proved it. And I was just like, <laughs> okay. I was just like, wow. And so that really stood out to me. And even with you talking about, um, this is something I think is really, especially for people who listen to the, my podcast when they talking about um, how you talk about broken people, build broken businesses Mm -hmm. and that's something that I wanted you to like even explore and talk about because Mm -hmm. I thought about how when you said how God you was like God's not gonna um people a lot of time they're focused on like okay I have this business and I want to focus on this business Mm -hmm. and you was like that's why I had to make this change and I had to be obedient to God because if I didn't there were people who would be still so focused on the business that they would not they would like disregard the relationship with God Mm -hmm. and so can you just really kind of go deeper and just talk about why is it that broken people build broken businesses? Um, I don't think we, we knowingly 
we as in broken people, I don't think broken people willing or knowingly build broken businesses because it's just a matter of that's just how I am. Like that's the phrase mm. of the, of that person of this is just how I am. Or I know f- just for black women in particular, we are so, we can operate in dysfunction so well. It's almost scary. Like we can put on a mask as if we can literally be hurt and run a fortune 500 company because we're just it, we just built different okay but that's still not okay and so i always use the example of let's say if you have a, a bad attitude and you have and, and that's a, a area of brokenness you probably got a bad attitude because i don't know you may have been misunderstood as a kid or bullied or whatever that has caused that so now in your business you're getting smart with people you always think somebody coming for you when they're not and now your business is suffering because people don't want to work with you and this, that, and the other. Like, these are all just signs that you're a broken person building a broken business. Or for me, personally, I was always very, like, closed off. I had, like, a guard up that was, you could not touch that thing. My guard was, like, serious because of me being hurt. You know, things that I've gone through, it was a defense mechanism. That's why I built the wall. But then how can I do what God has called me to do with a wall up to people? I wouldn't be able to connect with people the way that I do if I, if I didn't get rid of that wall. Like, I wouldn't be able to open my heart up and be transparent to people if I had that wall up because that would be, oh, no, they're getting too close. They could hurt me. So, again, I was building a broken business. I was trying to build a, a personal brand with my arm out. Now, we're going to have boundaries regardless, but – I had like a heart boundary, like you couldn't get too close to my emotions or I couldn't allow my emotions to get too involved in the business. And that's not going to work with what God has called me to do. It could have worked in other things I wanted to do, but with what God has called me to do, I'm going to have to love people. I'm going to have to hug people. And that was not my thing. (laughs) Like I'm going to have to hug people and really just give my, give my heart to them and really be a representative of Christ in the earth. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I wouldn't have allowed myself to get healed from the brokenness. And mm-hmm. so and I would have probably still tried to build what I was building before with all of that, all of those broken pieces, mm-hmm. as opposed to building something else. Somebody told me, I think it was my pastor. He was saying that birds nests are built with broken branches. So broken people are good. You can build a safe, you can come together and build a safe place and it's your brokenness that that allows you to be used by God because you are just like, God, I've been through everything. And you don't brought me out of it. Like, I'm not perfect, but you love me anyway. It does. The brokenness does put you in a certain reverence for God. But in order for us to really build the bird's nest and build the business that's going to house God's people in whatever fashion or whatever way your business is, we got to be whole. We can't remain broken. Otherwise, there's going to be cracks in it. We're going to be, people going to be hurt. So the same way about church hurt, people might be hurt by your business. Like they may lose money by, from investing in you because you ain't deal with the fact that you have character flaws. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about, because a lot of times just going back to what you said about people say like, oh, well, that's just how I am. And mm-hmm. for me, I have been praying and to God and really allowing to help me to work on my stuff. And I talk about it all the time on the podcast. I'm like, whatever your stuff is, just like actually working on those things because we sometimes get so focused on like, I'm an overachiever as well. I'm extremely like 
uh, any if I I'm the type of person where like I can you know have a vision and actually execute it like yeah. it's not just gonna stay in my head mm-hmm. but it's like where is this where is that coming from and I think that's what I want to encourage people to think about anything that we're doing just ask ourselves where is it coming from is this coming out of a place of rejection mm-hmm. is this coming from hurt is this coming from a place of peace mm-hmm. like at, because everything that we do, every thought and every action is connected to something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, or am I trying to fill a void? Yeah. And so many times we do things to even fill voids. Mm-hmm. And I talk about that all the time because I'm like, okay, before I do something, ha- I have to ask myself, okay, God, where's this coming from? Allow mm-hmm. me to search myself mm-hmm. to help me figure out, to make sure that I'm operating at my best self. And I'm like, yeah. and one of the things that I had to do is like, since I'm like, obviously so really gung-ho on personal and like just developing I had to take a moment and one of the things that um, one of the therapists said to me was she was like you're already do like you're already doing the work like you yeah. don't have to think like oh my god I gotta sit here and read this book and kind of analyze myself because I'm yeah I yeah. analyze everything mm-hmm. and I just be like it's just basically like chill out like you're doing the work you mm-hmm. have this desire to want to be better you know, you're working on your relationship with God. You know, you're reading books. You're doing the work in therapy, even outside of therapy. Mm-hmm. And so you are going to you're going to constantly be evolving. And there's no quote unquote place of arriving, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. like because we're always going to be arriving, if that makes sense. Yeah. And even with you talking about there was something that you said, I'm like, before I forget. Um. Oh, when you talked about you use the it's a something you said oh george washington carver he said about how 99 percent of failures come from people who make a habit out of making excuses Hmm. and i when i thought about that i was like wow i thought about like how sometimes i'll be like because i'm always saying like oh i need to go outside and my thing has been walking in the evenings lately because i can't work with the trainer no more because my car accident mm-hmm. or whatever so i was like okay well it's here that's still no excuse for you to not be <laughs> able to go and be active mm-hmm. and i would literally like talk myself out of why i can't go mm-hmm. walk for 45 minutes mm-hmm. i'd be like well it's too hot and then like the bugs gonna get on me and it's like <laughs> no just get up and go for a walk mm-hmm. but just even when you think of in terms that things are that or i want i guess say in, in the sense of more significant when it comes to like businesses I think about all the people who, like you said, it's just not even coming out from a place of whether it may be coming from a place of fear, but just simply making excuses for whatever, why we can't do something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if in your experience, have you ever had a moment in your life where you felt like I was making excuses for why I couldn't do something? Um, it, yeah, but it just depends. Um. So, like, fitness and things like that are areas I make excuses in all the time. I'm a foodie, so eating right is just something I have to be <laughs> intentional about. But um, uh, I think the most excuses that I made was growing in my relationship with God. Because I've always been just a high achiever, so getting stuff done was never a problem. But remember, I had a wall up, so anything that got too close, that's when I would start making excuses. Like, if anybody got too close, I would make an excuse of why I can't let them closer or why I can't connect. Like, whatever excuse could come up that I could make to get them to back up off me or to get whatever to back up off me, that's what I would do. And in my relationship with God, it was the same way because when you start building a relationship with him, he's going to start showing you stuff about yourself that you don't want to see or going to start telling you to do things that make you uncomfortable. And 
I just continued to make excuses. That's why I was so inconsistent with my relationship with God for so long because it was like it's too hard. Like, how am I going to be a, a Christian? I can't do nothing. Like, what am I supposed to do? I can't go with my friend. You know, I just had all these excuses. I can't party no more. I can't, I can't turn up no more. Like, I just had every excuse in the book as to why I couldn't give my life to God. So that was the biggest thing. And even speaking about brokenness, when it came to my relationship, so I talked about how I prayed for God to send me a husband, and he sent me this person who put a mirror up to a lot of ways that I didn't want to deal with. So I I got, let's see, what's the best way to say it? I get frustrated easily. And so, and I always thought that I knew everything, right? And so when dealing with somebody in a relationship, especially one that is serious, he would trigger those things in me where I feel like I knew better than him or because I didn't trust men. I was so I was so conditioned to be independent because any marriage I saw wasn't healthy and the people who was thriving was single. So even though I wanted a husband, I don't think I was really prepared for how I was going to have to really like fix some things within myself to have a healthy relationship. And so he put up a mirror to a lot of ways I didn't really want to deal with. But with that, I would make excuses. That's just how I am. I, I mean, I'm getting smart with him or I'm talking down on him because he didn't do something the way I wanted him to do or because he thinks differently than me, then somehow that's less than. And that was a lot to deal with like my household and how I grew up and what I thought was normal, which shouldn't be. But just that, it, I would continue to make excuses like, God, this not, you told me this was my husband, this not my husband. Like, it shouldn't be this hard. We should be able to just connect and be on cloud nine 24-7 with no problems because he's the one. But God was like, uh, no, um, y'all are opposites for a reason because when you become one, you walk on one accord to do the work of my kingdom. So, yeah, you opposites because when y'all come together, y'all fill each other's voids. But you're going to have to learn how to be one. And so, you know, through couples counseling and premarital counseling and me growing in my relationship with God and things like that, I began to just work on my own demons. But I definitely made a lot of excuses for anything that pierced me emotionally because I just didn't want to deal with my emotions. That's ooh, that's really good. So why, how, what would you say to someone who may be struggling with that, like not allowing people in or like really building up this wall to mm-hmm. not deal with emotions and have a hard time uh, either maintaining relationships or even starting relationships? I would just say it's okay to feel. That was my thing. Like I just felt like emotions meant weakness. Mm. <laughs> Tell people it's okay to feel. It's okay mm-hmm. to not be okay. Like it's okay to be like, I'm not having a good day today or I don't like myself today or whatever. It's okay to feel. It's okay to let those guards down. But more importantly, I would say that that should be practiced first with your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Because then once you begin to let him in, because a lot of times you can let your guard down with people and they hurt you. So I say let your guard down with God first so that you can be able to grow in him and then you can have the discernment to know which people to let in mm-hmm. and which people not. So Yeah, no, that's that's really good advice. And definitely before we wrap up, I have to get you to talk about I'm gonna let you dive all into steep. <laughs> yes, your <laughs> awesome steep system. system. I was like <laughs> Tito out here trying to teach people. <laughs> I'm a systems person. I don't I don't like people to pump me up to do nothing. That's like my biggest issue with like 
most things motivational. It's like, okay, I feel good, but now what? Mm-hmm. Even when it came to church, it was like, okay, I'm, this is great. I feel good, but now what? Like, mm-hmm. it's Tuesday, and I don't feel like that no more. And the day, my day-to-day is not reflecting what I felt on Sunday. Like, how mm-hmm. do I deal with this? And so um, that's why I created that system. And so STEEP stands for Surrender, Trust, eliminate, Eliminating Excuses, and Prayer. And this is just a simple four-step system to make sure that you are surrendering to God and growing your relationship with him. So S stands for surrender. Surrendering, I think people feel like they're just going to say, I surrender to God, and that be the end-all, be-all. Like, oh, I surrendered. No, you got to surrender every day sometimes, especially me being a control person. Every day I have to start my day with God. Like, it's us, it's my journal, I'm listening to worship music, whatever. But I have to put myself in a position where I'm not in control of this day. Otherwise, I will take control of the day. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is surrender. The second thing is trust. And trust has to be built. You're not going to – I think I was afraid to admit I didn't trust God. Or I was afraid to admit that I didn't have a relationship with God because you're supposed to, you know, it was like in in church you feel like, or you might be around people who are spiritually mature and you feel like something's wrong with you if you're not there. Like Mm -hmm. trust is built. God ain't never gone nowhere. We went somewhere. So building up that trust is just going back to surrendering, spending that time with him. If journaling is something that you enjoy, journaling and writing it down. And that was a big thing for me as well because I knew going back to my journals, I'm able to see, like, if he took me out of that situation that I was so deep in, then then he can take me out of the situation I'm so deep in now. So it's just trust, building up that trust and being able to admit God, I don't really know you like that. How can I get to know you? How can I get to know your voice? I want to be close to you. I had to, I I prayed in the beginning. I was like, God, can you please light a fire on the inside of me for you? Because I don't have it. I'm good at going after things I'm passionate about. It wasn't the action. I just didn't want to. Mm -hmm. So it was like, God, can you light that fire on the inside of me so that I can be as, as excited about you as I am about business or anything else? And ever since then, he did and that's, you know, that that's how that trust began to build. And then eliminating excuses. I can't spend time with God because I'm so busy or um, I don't most I don't have time is the number one reason why people act like they can't mm-hmm. get close to God. Like I, I can go to church on Sunday, but when it comes to the week, I got the kids, I got my business, I got my nine to five. You can always make time for God but you it goes back to that surrendering peace and having him like that fire on the inside of you because if you have like a big million dollar deal that that was going to be on the table that day you'll be up when you excited about something you up you dress you at the location an hour early for no reason because you're just so excited about what's going on and so I say apply that same thing to your relationship with God. Like, no, I have to start my day with God. So if that means I got to wake up 30 minutes early, then that's what I'm going to do. If that means I got to go to bed 30 minutes later, that's what I'm going to do. If I got to take my lunch breaks out the office so that I can read so like a Bible plan and a Bible app or something during that time, if I got to listen to instead of the morning show on the way to work, I could listen to worship music. We got a, by the way, we got a blessed and bossed up playlist now. So hey. you need a, uh, you need some worship music, go to that. But um, yeah, so instead of listening to the morning show, I'm going to listen to um, some worship music on the way to work, just eliminating the excuse and figuring it out. 
And something that, an exercise that I tell people to do, I call it the plate exercise, where you could take like a paper plate if you got them or just a piece of paper and draw a circle Mm -hmm. and just write down every single thing you spend time on. Everything. Just do a complete audit of your time. And you will find things that you can take away from it. Your time is like a budget. You get 24 hours in a day. So now you got to allocate accordingly. So just like food and shelter are necessities, spending time with God is a necessity. So these are the non-negotiables that I'm going to that I'm going to budget my time to. And then whatever's left over, I could use for social media or listening to podcasts or talking to my homegirls on the phone. So just eliminating all excuses and getting serious about it um, is the second step. And the last step is is prayer. Because through prayer is when you're going to really start to build that relationship with God. And not, I grew up, you know, God is grace and God is good. Like, prayer was just a routine. Like, it, it was. It was just a routine. And whenever people would tell me, you know, you have to pray, you have to pray, I'll be like, it just seemed too simple to be effective for me. Mm-hmm. But it is everything. Because prayer is when we really start to make things happen in our life. And And when I pray, I have, like, a journal that's specific for, I call them offensive prayers. So a lot of times, or offense prayers, a lot of times we pray in a defense. God, can mm-hmm. you fix this situation? Or um, can you give me my car? Or can you, um, whatever it is that we want to be changed, we're saying that. But I pray offensive prayers as well to where it's like I'm speaking things into my life and I'm finding scriptures that match it and I'm putting God in remembrance in his word. If your word says that that your word won't return back to you void, then I'm going to give it to you so it don't. You know what I mean? Or the it says somewhere in the Bible also that, um, the Lord has put watchmen on our walls and to give him no rest. So if you're telling me to give you no rest, then we're going to work with this, this journal of these prayers because I'm declaring some things. You say that I can, I can declare things and it'll be on earth as it is and have like, I'm going there with you because this is what you said. And, and prayer is so powerful. And so for me, that's the last piece to it. So once you Start once you surrender, you build that trust, you eliminate the excuses, then you get into that that season where you could really just pray some powerful prayers and things will start happening in your life that's just unexplainable. Tatum always preaching. But I think (laughs) no, it's so true just because it's like I have even with I and I had like I said, it always goes back to defining my relationship with God for myself and not comparing myself with some what someone else does because maybe like mm-hmm. I know sometimes you could spend two hours in your prayer closet mm-hmm. and I'm like wow shout out to Tatum <laughs> um and so for me I'm like okay God if you could just uh, I get up I'm like okay it's six o'clock God and I get up and I kind of have my routine and I was like okay God even if I could just start off with 30 minutes and then allow that time to progress yeah I was like so the fact that before if I'm getting up and I'm reading a devotional and I'm praying and I'm journaling that's some a routine that I started to implement one because of listening to your podcast. That mm-hmm. was something that I wasn't even doing. Like, I mean, I would do the plans on my phone, mm-hmm. but actually like sitting down and being in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that also helps with mindfulness is yeah. like, so that way I can set the tone because I truly believe without a shadow of the doubt is that how we start our morning is going to set the tone for the rest of the day. Yeah. And so if you if you think about it, we get up, we we get up late and then we like running around like, "Oh my gosh, I got to 
I got to I got to take a shower then I got to get dressed and then you're like, "Oh, I got to eat breakfast." And then literally it's like you late. Then I'm late to work. And then you mm-hmm. like it's like a, a a ripple effect of mm-hmm. everything or kind of like a domino effect. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "No, I have to start my mornings." And I will be honest, there are some mornings I may like slip up, but for the most yeah. part, this is this is the longest I have ever done. And I was like, "Dang, I'm almost done with my prayer journal." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, I'm about to have to get another one because <laughs> yeah. I'm about to be done." But that has truly helped me in just uh, reconnecting and rebuilding my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so I'm definitely something that I'm going to do because um, I think your prayer journal is pretty awesome. So I'm going to get a prayer journal from you. And I'm going to do it as a giveaway oh, on, the, awesome. on the podcast. Awesome. And just before we wrap up, how if anyone is interested in connecting with you, you can share the website, mm-hmm. talk about um how they can get the book and follow mm-hmm. you on social media and all that good stuff. So the the podcast is Blessed and Bossed Up. If you go into anywhere you listen to podcasts and type in Blessed and Bossed Up, you'll find it. The Instagram for that is Blessed and Bossed Up. My Instagram is Tatum Tamia, T-A-T-U-M-T-E-M-I-A. The book, you can get it or pre-order it right now from Blessed and Bossed Up. Dot com. I'm really excited about this book. So for anybody who is an entrepreneur or entrepreneurial, you have a vision, you don't know how to implement it, or you feel like God is leading you in a direction and you're not sure how you should, one, cultivate that relationship with him, and then two, translate that into your business, definitely get this book. I always say, I did not write this book. God wrote this book. Like I was in my prayer closet God, what is each chapter? Writing the chapters down before I even started typing. God, what do you want me to say? Can you just flow through me? And I'm writing things down. There's been times where I wanted to write something and then I would just feel in my spirit, no, take that out, do this instead. So then I do that. So it's really God writing this book and everybody who has read it up until this point has given me such great feedback about the experience they Mm -hmm. had with it. And that just goes back to, to just me in the beginning where everything that is of me or of the blessed and bossed up brain, you will have an experience with mm-hmm. God because of the way that I allow God to use me. And so, yeah, definitely go get the book blessed and bossed up surrendering your ambition. So God can have his way. It's available on blessed and bossed up.com. Is it available on Amazon too? It will be by okay. the time this comes out. Probably. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you Tatum. Yeah, I'm glad welcome. that we got a chance to chat. All right, you guys, so that wraps up another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast. But before we go, I want to remind you all to please get the Blessed and Bossed Up book, Surrendering Your Ambitions So That God Can Have His Way by Tatum. Tatum is phenomenal. I want to thank Tatum for joining us on the Fireflies Unite podcast. I told y'all she is She's just amazing. And the fact that she's so transparent about her spiritual journey. And please for, do not forget to check out the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'll be sure to leave the link in the show notes. I'll be sure to also leave the link in the show notes to the Blessed and Bossed Up playlist so you can get your worship on. And then also follow the link in the show notes for the book. I also want to remind you all that I am doing a giveaway. I know that this episode was super long, but I know that people are going to be blessed by hearing this. So I am doing a giveaway where I will be giving away Tatum's journal. So Tatum has a uh, prayer journal that is amazing that I use almost every single day. But in order to actually win the journal, 
I have to tell you how to enter the contest. So the good thing about, or not the good thing, the amazing thing about Tatum's journal is that she gives you prompts. So you can, there's a prompt in there that says, what do you, what are you praying to God for? What are you thankful for? What did you struggle with? What triggered that struggle? How are you going to get over that struggle? She also has a section in there that says, I feel, but I know. So to say, for instance, if you're struggling with anxiety, then she has scriptures that point you to dealing with anxiety. So the journal is great. And as you heard, we talked about the power of writing it down. The Bible tells us to write the vision and make it plain. You truly can manifest the dreams that you want, the things that God has placed on your life. If you write it down, there's power in writing it. When you write it down, you truly can see the things that you can actually manifest. Okay, so this is how you enter to win. You have to make sure that you're following me on Twitter, Instagram, and that you join the Fireflies Unite group. I am at Fireflies Pod, so that's F-I-R-E-F-L-I-E-S-P-O-D, which is short for podcast. Leave a podcast review on Apple Podcasts if you listen on there. And then also, if you do not listen on Apple Podcasts because you're a part of Team Droid, Yes, I'm hating on y'all droid users. Just kidding. Um, You can leave a review on the podcast website on www.fireflyesunite.com backslash podcast. So there's a space for you to leave a review there or you can leave it on the SoundCloud page. Either one is fine. And the first person that does that, I'll be sure to include the instructions in the email blast so you know. And... Don't forget to, if you are in the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, I have the This Is My Brave show. Tickets are on sale. I'll be sure to leave the ticket link in the show notes. And we're still also looking for sponsors or even if you want to put an ad in the program book. You all have a very blessed week. I look forward to talking to you all next week. And y'all know I'm always sending you vibes, positive vibes. Thanks for listening. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health, but please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.